0: to Growing Up Skywalker. My name is Anna. And I'm Sam. And today, we have reached a truly momentous day.
1: The end of the Clone Wars.
0: Today we're covering The Siege of Mandalore, Part 2. This is the Clone Wars, Season 7, Episodes 11 and 12, Shattered and Victory and Death. Oof. The first episode opens with no fortune cookie, nothing. Just Part 3... Shattered in red text. And we pick up immediately after The Phantom Apprentice, which was season seven of The Clone Wars episode 10. Mm-hmm. Under Ahsoka and bo the clone army has crushed the Maul Rebellion. Ahsoka herself has captured Darth Maul. And as soon as we open up on this episode, we start threading the plot into the cloth of Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. We see the full Jedi Council meeting from Revenge of the Sith, where Mace and Yoda and Ki-Adi Mundi are planning to wrest control away from Chancellor Palpatine, possibly let the Jedi take over the Senate. Ahsoka gets an update on where everyone is. Anakin's at the opera with Palpatine. Learning about the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise.
1: And Ahsoka does not inform the council that she's heard some stuff about Anakin from Maul.
0: About Anakin being the key to everything and being groomed to be Palpatine's new apprentice. We also learn that Kenobi is on his way to Utapau to fight General Grievous... And then the Mandalorians wheel Maul out in a deep freezer.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, you know it's a Mando puzzle box
0: designed to you know subdue Force users, but it looks like a meat freezer. (laughs) Does yes. And Ahsoka loads him into a ship, shakes hands with Bo-Katan. They take off for Coruscant, and Sam, the clock in my brain is ticking. My palms are sweating even thinking about it.
1: Also, the music is like quiet low long chords of like orchestral music
0: the music is so dope in this arc but yes in his freezer maul looks at ahsoka surrounded by clones and just closes his eyes he knows some shiz is about to go down mm-hmm. in the cockpit ahsoka salutes rex one more time She says the Republic couldn't have asked for better soldiers, and I couldn't have asked for a better friend. Rex goes away to get the latest orders.
1: We're in hyperspace right now, headed to Coruscant.
0: And then Ahsoka staggers. She hears Anakin and Palpatine and Mace Windu struggling for control in Coruscant. Mm -hmm. She hears Anakin kill Mace, and in the briefing room, Rex hears the orders from Palpatine's own lips. Execute order 66.
1: Maul hears it too in his Maul box. His
0: meat locker. (laughs) (laughs) Ahsoka rushes in. Rex's hands start shaking. He drops his helmet and all of the clones in the room pull their blasters on her. Mm-hmm. But he says, no, I'll do it myself. And he tells her to stay back. He, His whole body's shaking. And then suddenly he can't hold back any longer. He mutters something about fives and loses control. He fires on Ahsoka. Ahsoka's all of a sudden holding off blaster fire from every direction. Just a whirlwind of lightsabers.
1: She directs all of the blaster fire into the ceiling.
0: And then suddenly, as the clones are circling her, firing on her from every direction, she disappears. She carved her way through the ceiling. Mm -hmm. So Rex gathers up all of the troopers. He tells them that under Order 66, they have to execute Maul and hunt down Ahsoka for treason against the Republic.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But Ahsoka gets to Maul first. And freeze him. He's her diversion.
1: He's like, care to give me a fighting chance and join forces? And she's like, you don't understand how this is going to work. I'm
0: literally not rooting for you.
1: Yeah. And so Maul is running amok. And Ahsoka is on her own mission.
0: Ahsoka lets him make chaos. And then she uses that time to go down into the hangar of the ship. She gets all of the droids on board on her side. And in about 45 seconds, she figures out the entire mystery of Order 66 and the inhibitor chips. She, like, uses Anakin's password to unlock (laughs) Rex's file on Fives's death, where Rex explains that the inhibitor chips in all of the clones have a purpose that no one understands. Mm -hmm. And then Ahsoka gets the astromex to lock her in with Rex. In the middle of the ship. And she tells him, it's not your fault. This is the way that you were programmed. I can help you. And then she has R7 stun him. And she gets him to the medical bay. And the droids are scanning and scanning. And trying to locate the inhibitor chip. And they can't find anything. And finally, Ahsoka stands over Rex. And cradles his head in her hands. And she just keeps repeating I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me.
1: Rex starts muttering it back. I am one with the Force. The Force is with me.
0: They link their brains together. And all of a sudden, the chip flashes up on the screen. And Ahsoka yells, get him under and get that thing out of him. And then all of a sudden, the clones are breaking through the medical bay door. And Ahsoka is defending herself, defending Rex, And then, bam, his arms come up, he shoots the clone troopers over her shoulders, and then they get the doors closed, and Ahsoka says, are you okay? And he says, I'm okay, but it's in all of us. The entire Grand Army of the Republic has been ordered to hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. And that's when we open on the final episode of The Clone Wars!
1: So once again, in Victory and Death, there's just the opening, green, Lucasfilm Limited, red, The Clone Wars, part four, Victory and Death. The choral music is intensifying.
0: Live choir.
1: As this Star Destroyer, the Tribunal, is going through hyperspace. Ahsoka and Rex have no idea how to get out of there, but they put together a plan. And it's not a good plan, but it'll, it'll work. And Rex says, did you hear Maul also escaped? And Ahsoka's like, yeah, I may have said something to do with that. So Maul is causing a huge wreck, and he's also acquired a wrist communicator. and So he's listening on everyone. We learn that Jesse has taken control.
0: Okay, so Maul drags a clone trooper's arm through the blast doors, close the blast doors, and used the severed arm to get at the wrist communicator so he can spy on the clones. And it is just as gruesome as it sounds.
1: It's it's pretty bad, yeah. So Maul, recognizing that Jesse has taken command, Jesse thinks that Rex is part of Ahsoka's plot. And so Jesse's setting up a trap. Maul says, all right, I'm going to go to the hyperdrive and start ripping out these load-bearing hyperdrive generators. So he goes in, he kills a whole bunch of clones, and then he rips the hyperdrive apart into he the forest.
0: shatters the entire hyperdrive room. It is uh, just astounding.
1: The ship just shudders out of hyperspace, trailing parts in smoke, and everything is going real bad now. The good guys, which at this point is three droids, Ahsoka and Rex, is looking over the hangar bay because they figure that's the only way out. Because earlier, when Rex was still under the effect of Order 66, he said, destroy all the escape craft, which is, you know, bad news. So they get to the hangar bay and they see as they open the doors, it is full of the entire 332nd. Jesse's there as well as hundreds and hundreds of clones. So what's the plan? Rex is just so defeated, and Ahsoka says, I have a plan. It's not necessarily a good one. They walk in. Rex has, is standing behind Ahsoka. Ahsoka's got her hands on her head. And Rex says, Ahsoka Tano is no longer a Jedi and hasn't been one for a long time, and we need to get this right. Otherwise, we'll be the traitors. But Jesse's not having any of that. He says, you specifically told us that Lord Palpatine said to kill Ahsoka Tano and Maul. And so I'm demoting you from commander to captain and then going to execute you on the spot.
0: And Rex is like, "Eh, I didn't really like being a commander anyway, so...
1: The droids, who are the real stars here, proceed to drop the floor in the hangar bay and a whole bunch of clones disappear. And they're down to about a third as many clones that they have to fight. Ahsoka grabs her lightsabers and they're doing, they have been doing this whole time, a very cool defensive action where she is blocking the shots. And Rex is stunning everyone. He's just stunning every single clone that he can. He is a monster.
0: And then Maul shows up to steal their shuttle. There's
1: only one shuttle and Maul steals it. Ahsoka is trying to pull it back into the hangar with the force but more and more clones are showing up. Rex gets shot, Ahsoka gets shot, and it's bad news. Ahsoka lets the shuttle go. She gets shot down into this hole where Jesse is lying there like, hey, and they're shooting at her. One of the droids sends down a tow cable, rescues her. She's getting pulled up. The droids get shot. All of them.
0: And as they're being shot at from every direction, there is the most incredible callback to a deleted scene from Revenge of the Sith. Ahsoka drags her lightsabers in a circle and drops her and Rex to the floor below. It's
1: very cool.
0: It would have been very cool, except that is where they just dropped Jesse and the rest of the clones. So it's just like part two.
1: They keep fighting, they keep moving, the gravity's out, the ship is completely falling apart, and Rex and Ahsoka are running along trying to find a single working starship. Please, just, anything. Just please one. They eventually get to a Y Wing that's hanging over an open drop bay. So it's like 20 feet, drop 20 foot gap to this thing over a bottomless pit. Rex gets to it. Ahsoka force flings him onto the guns of the Y-Wing. He crawls in. Ahsoka is defending him. And you can see that she is so very tired. When Rex takes off and the ship shudders itself half to death, Rex's Y-Wing goes spinning into a flat wild spin. Ahsoka falls out of the ship and is now running and diving through a cloud of debris.
0: She's squirrel suiting with no squirrel suit here.
1: And Rex is trying to catch her. He's flying back and forth through this debris. Ahsoka is running along entire engines, which were attached to the ship, like one minute earlier, down to try to catch him. They miss once. They miss again. And then Rex manages to catch her just in time.
0: So they're safe, but all of the clones on board the cruiser are not. It rips itself apart in midair, and it crashes into the moon below.
1: Sometime later. Hard to say how long. We see Rex with a shovel and a knapsack and the shattered remains of R7 put back together as best they could. And we see a field of sticks and on the top of each stick, a clone trooper helmet from the 332nd with the yellow and orange Ahsoka pattern on it. And we see dozens of graves and standing amongst them is Ahsoka in her cloak. She takes a lightsaber, one of the lightsabers Anakin gave her, and she drops it.
0: And in the final scene of the Clone Wars, many moons later, Darth Vader comes to this moon. It's covered in ice. He's got stormtroopers and snowtroopers. And he walks over to that helmet sticking up out of the ice, and Mm -hmm. he finds the lightsaber that he gifted to Ahsoka And he looks at it, and he just breathes. And then he turns away, and his reflection fades from the helmet of a dead clone. Mm -hmm. And that is the end of The Clone Wars.
1: And that that ties it all together. Does it? It does. This episode is a swan song for Rebels stands.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: We wanted to know how some of these characters made it through the rise of the Empire, how they survived Order 66. We wanted to know what happened with Rex, what happens with Ahsoka, what happens with Maul, and how they end up where they end up. And this shows what happens. It also shows in a very sharp light, what Order 66 looked like for a different Jedi.
0: Yeah.
1: We've seen glimpses. We saw Plo Koon getting shot down. We saw Ayla getting shot to pieces. And we see Ahsoka and her clone Rex manage to actually make it past it somehow in a absolute devastating, devastating event.
0: Yeah. I think this is where the... Chronological watch through is really different from the release order watch through. Yeah. Because I really wanted to talk about whether or not this was a satisfying ending to the clone wars. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where things differ because I haven't seen Rebels yet, because yeah. Rebels hasn't happened yet in the chronology of Star Wars, right? It's, it's
1: 15 years away.
0: Yeah. So I think there's probably a lot of real-world subtext that I'm not catching yet, because for me, it hasn't happened.
1: Right. So I guess that gets to the point of our podcast here. As someone who is growing up Skywalker, how does this feel as the end of Clone Wars?
0: Gosh, you know, I almost think for me, the Mm -hmm. new Watcher, that the Clone Wars could have ended at Shattered, Mm. and I didn't even need victory and death to feel the epic conclusion of the Clone Wars.
1: Interesting.
0: Because to me, I think Phantom Apprentice was the episode that happened right before Shattered. It was episode 10.
1: That's the one with the two or one big Ahsoka versus Maul lightsaber duel, which is epic.
0: Let me just say every duel that has happened in Satine's throne room on Mandalore (laughs) has been my favorite duel. And then the Ahsoka Maul duel of Phantom Apprentice is my favorite lightsaber duel of all time. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely phenomenal. I get goosebumps just thinking about it. But I think Phantom Apprentice and Shattered were probably the two best Clone Wars episodes ever. Mm -hmm. And then I almost didn't need victory and death because the whole Rex and Ahsoka friendship story was in Shattered.
1: And then victory and death is just the escape because it's all one escape.
0: It's the epic escape from this horrifying death trap of clones. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think I got everything that I needed between Ahsoka and Rex the episode before when Ahsoka's willing to lay down her life for Rex to bring him back from the edge of no return, from from him not even being an individual anymore. She brought him back from that. Yeah. He was willing to lay down his life for her. That's all I needed, right? Like, Darth Vader standing in the snow holding Ahsoka's lightsaber to me was really anticlimactic.
1: So, I want to talk about that scene a little bit. Okay, yeah. Dave Filane said that the reason Anakin gave Ahsoka blue lightsabers is a reflection of Anakin's ego not Ahsoka's, Hmm. because Ahsoka had been wielding green and yellow the entire time until she ceased being a Jedi. And then when she was gifted these lightsabers again at the beginning of this arc, they were blue, like Anakin's.
0: Oh, so he wanted to make her into a reflection of him?
1: I don't think he perhaps knew that that's what he was doing, but I think that's what he was doing. That is... Anakin. And by leaving behind that lightsaber, Ahsoka is showing in some form that she is no longer connected to Anakin. I think she knows more about what happened than a lot of people.
0: That is so heartbreaking because I noticed watching these episodes, every time Ahsoka has a chance to talk to another Jedi or another clone trooper, she's asking about Anakin.
1: She is so in Shattered. There is a moment when she walks in on the scene from Revenge of the Sith, where Mace Windu says it's about time to, to arrest the Chancellor.
0: Yeah. It's about that.
1: It's about arrest Chancellor Clock here. And
0: then Kiati Mundi says, Well, then the Jedi would have to take over the Senate. And Yoda says, That is a dark path that I don't think we can go down.
1: But that exact same conversation cuts off right there in the movie. It continues here.
0: Turns out the council meeting is a lot longer than we realized.
1: And Ahsoka has an interesting growth moment there. Because it seems like Mace and Yoda are willing to accept her as a Jedi again. And she isn't willing to accept being a Jedi yet
0: oh yeah she calls herself a civilian
1: yeah she says i'm just a citizen i'm not a jedi not yet i'm not ready to be doing these things and then mace turns it on her because mace is like yeah well we have business to discuss and so goes like well what business and he's like i'm sorry i'm not going to discuss it in front of a citizen so he's
0: honestly kind of a d-bag to her he
1: is but he's also like in a way respecting her boundaries that she had set right
0: yeah that's a very generous read i can see that
1: and that's just the way he is because he is so completely implacable that he doesn't like strictly recognize when he's really pissing people off but he also doesn't
0: care definitely pissed me off but it's fine it's fine i'm over it it's fine
1: um and then that call ends with Yoda staying on the line and saying, is there a message you want to give to Anakin? And she says, no, I'll give it to him when I see him. And Yoda says, all right, I'll I'll talk to you later. Padawan.
0: Oh, my heart. Oh, the tears down my face.
1: And so that's a tough moment for her. But then at the end of the arc, when she leaves behind that lightsaber that Anakin gave her, she knows that in one way or the other, Anakin was responsible for the fall of the Jedi oh. because that's what Maul told her. And Maul right about everything else. And then she's sitting here having to deal with the fallout from that. And does she even want to be a Jedi anymore? Because it felt like she didn't want to be, she had growth to do. She was willing to work in that direction. And now there's nothing for her to be. Mm. So her entire existence has been shattered. But she still keeps fighting and she still sticks to her values. Because in the hangar scene, when she's talking with Rex.
0: Oh my God, we have to talk about this. Ahsoka and Rex are planning their escape to the shuttle in the main hangar. But when they pull back the big hangar doors, Jesse is leading every clone trooper on board the ship and standing in their way. Mm -hmm. And Ahsoka says... There's too many. And besides, I don't want to hurt them. Yeah. And Rex says, I hate to be the one to break it to you, but they don't care. They are willing to die if it means they take you down with them. And Ahsoka pulls off his helmet and sees tears coming down his cheeks. And mm-hmm. then she says, they may be willing to die but I am not the one that's going to kill them. Mm -hmm. And to me, this episode was about Ahsoka fully maturing into her power and fully codifying this new way of being. Yes. She's taking everything that she learned from the Jedi and everything that she's gleaned from the galaxy and Mm -hmm. it's regular people and saying, I'm deprogramming Rex, my friend, and I'm deprogramming myself. And I'm no longer a Jedi, and I can't be a soldier. So what am I going to be? I want to be a keeper of the peace. And that's when she has Rex switch his blaster to stun, Mm -hmm. and she never kills another clone.
1: So there's a really interesting conversation they have on the bridge right before Order 66, where Ahsoka says, it's funny, this whole time Jedi are supposed to be keepers of the peace, but I've been a soldier since I was a Padawan. Mm-hmm. And Rex says, you think you got it bad? I'm a vat bred clone soldier. And so I don't even know what to do with myself. And people hate me for my mere existence. And Ahsoka says, well, the Republic couldn't have asked for finer soldiers or finer friends. Oh my And that's God. the last word she says to him before he receives order 66.
0: Oh my God. It's even worse than in Revenge of the Sith when Cody flings up Kenobi's lightsaber to him and Mm -hmm. says, go get him, boss. And then all of a sudden he gets Order 66 and blasts Kenobi. Mm -hmm. It's, It's worse than that by a hundredfold. Yeah, yeah. Because there's so much love between Ahsoka and Rex. They came up together.
1: They did. And going back to the Clone Wars movie, when they first met, they've been such a tight bond.
0: They've been stuck at the hip for years. Years
1: and years. Three years, at least. At least. And that is such a a powerful bond between two people. And they are such good friends. Yeah. And then he has to turn on her, but is still able to not... Still of all the
0: clones, it. he was the only one who seemed capable of holding off the order long enough to warn Ahsoka, mm-hmm. and I truly think Rex gave Ahsoka that moment of grace. He did. He he warned her. That's why she survived.
1: Yeah. Well, that's why he survived also because, you know, Ahsoka is on screen one of the most competent Force wielders yeah. in the galaxy. Yeah. She was trained by Anakin. She could probably fight Anakin to a standstill.
0: She fought Darth Maul to a standstill. And
1: that's, that's Peak Maul.
0: Peak Maul. Oh my God. I thought Peak Maul was dueling Ahsoka in Phantom Apprentice. Ha-ha. Uh-uh. Peak Maul is shattering the hyperdrive on a Jedi cruiser.
1: On the way there... He gets like he kills probably half the crew of this Star Destroyer with doors and walls that he rips out. And he's like just walking, he's marching down hallways. Clones are just being scythed down in front of him because he's just annoyed as he pulls up walls in front of him and then flings him like ginormous metal frisbees at them and decapitates clone after clone. It's
0: literally so gory for the mm-hmm. Clone Wars and he's so contemptuous about it. He gets mm-hmm. to be moving slowly and smoothly and just completely contemptuously mm-hmm. and everyone else has to run around and freak out.
1: There's a kind of a comic relief, a physical comedy relief, when he goes into the hyperdrive. He's immediately shot at by dozens of clones. He flings them all into each other. There's more coming. He drops things on them. He lifts up the control panel and flings it one direction or another. And then he shoves a clone. The clone's helmet, like, spirals to the air. He catches the helmet, <laughs> flings it at another clone, and drops like him off the bottom of the Like a he just hits him with a 100-mile-an-hour volleyball, and the clone's like <laughs> – dies
0: yeah fair
1: and then <laughs> more are you. coming and he's just like i hate being shot at i hate being in hyperspace i just hate that's his thing he just hates so he just lifts up his hands he's like you and you ginormous space widgets <laughs> 40 ton space widgets down you go and just grabs them it's Bonkers.
0: Amazing. He
1: has basically no dialogue in this second half of this arc, but his presence is very felt.
0: His presence is very felt. (laughs) I don't have anything incredibly profound to say about this arc, but I do have a lot of kind of general impressions. Yeah. So let's talk about just some general impressions. I think the first note I wrote down for this arc, and I was laughing when I did it, is that I rewatched The Phantom Apprentice right Mm -hmm. before I finished the entire Siege of Mandalore arc. And it just reminded me how busy Obi-Wan is this whole arc.
1: Yeah, everyone's real busy. Like
0: taking Zoom meetings with his grand Padawan in Mm -hmm. the middle of babysitting Anakin and like getting sent off to hunt down Grievous
1: beating Grievous
0: beating Grievous running amok like decoding Jedi secret signals and finding Anakin and midwifing and and midwifing his his best friend's children from their coming out of his secret wife it's just a lot not
1: not to mention a massive lava factory duel on Mustafar it's just a
0: lot like petition for obi-wan to take a break too wow. yeah
1: yeah and in that same time frame ahsoka proceeds to be a one woman wrecking ball uh take over a whole planet capture the biggest bad, except for Sidious. And I then... mean,
0: holy cannoli. I think what it made me think of is that Revenge of the Sith and these episodes really just slot into each other like gears. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because in that sense, I really do think the perfect viewing order might be Revenge of the Sith first. Mm-hmm. And then Siege of Mandalore, one and two and three and four,
1: Yeah, I specifically chose this to, like, ramp up the speed, but I think I see where you're coming from as well. It's an experiment.
0: Yeah, I mean, the possibilities are endless. Go nuts. Mm -hmm. Like, watch 1 and 2, and then Revenge, and then 3 and 4, and then watch 1 and 2 and 3 and 4, and then Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. But it does feel like there is so much to keep on top of, and they they call to each other. It's Mm -hmm. not callbacks or call forwards. They're just... They're happening at the same time.
1: And when you know how one's going to end up, it really makes things pretty crazy.
0: I mean, this arc wrecked me. Mm -hmm. The whole time I was watching, just the clock was ticking down in my brain, waiting for the clones to turn. Right? Because they're so perfect on Mandalore. Mm -hmm. Ahsoka captures... Maul, but she's using the force to dangle him in midair, and it's not clear that she has the power to yank him back up to her on the rafters above Sundari, Mm -hmm. and then like magic, Rex appears in a gunship and says, we'll take him from here, commander. Mm -hmm. And just the way that Ahsoka sags in relief, because she can trust him 110%. Right? As soon as Rex and the clones show up, she doesn't have to worry anymore. And then to be waiting for Order 66 to happen is just agonizing.
1: It really, really is. It's so tough because we know watching in the release order, you know how things are going to play out in the movies. You know that Anakin becomes Darth Vader you know that Luke and Leia are twins and then having watched rebels in release order because it came out a lot of years before this at least 5 we know that Rex and Ahsoka and Maul survive order 66
0: well i didn't know that but yes most people know that now i know that
1: now you know that i mean and it, and the uh, maul appears for 1 second in and in uh, solo as well which is well after this so we know that these characters survive and this tells their story. And it's so interesting. It's something we talked about a little bit earlier. How this is the humanizing element of the clone wars. This is the actual stories of the people who aren't the epic heroes. Because mm. as epic as the fight on Sundari in the throne room and then in the Rafters was oh, so epic. It pales compared to the fight on Mustafar. Which was the actual duel of good versus evil, of light versus dark, the Republic versus fascism.
0: Ooh, yeah. The, uh, the Maul and Ahsoka duel is like gray versus gray.
1: It is, particularly when we see at the beginning of Shattered, Ahsoka's runs around and is like, all right, Maul, I'm using you to cause a distraction. That's a yeah. very gray action.
0: Yeah.
1: And it kind of puts her later lines of, I'm not going to be the one to condemn these clones to death in an interesting light because she's like, Maul can cause as much ruckus as he wants. If he kills them, that's on his hands, not mine.
0: Yeah, it is fascinating because when I watched the first two episodes of the Siege of Mandalore arc and I saw... Maul propositioning Ahsoka Mm -hmm. and then I see Ahsoka turning down Maul right because Maul is saying no one can defeat Darth Sidious but the two of us together maybe we could Mm -hmm. and then Ahsoka's sticking point is that he's going to kill Anakin yeah right and I was like Ahsoka's amazing Ahsoka has such a code of justice like yes queen right and then Now, having just watched Revenge of the Sith last week, I was thinking, was Maul right all along?
1: Well, of course.
0: Was Ahsoka just wrong? Did she just make the wrong call?
1: She made a call of trusting in someone rather than having the non-attachment that the Jedi Code would have asked of her. Oh. And now she's actually a better Jedi than she was before because when she was fighting Maul in the throne room, she was a light side force user or whatever. She was practicing love. She was practicing brotherly love towards Anakin. But now she recognizes that she can have friendship and she can have all these things, but it's also not... And she'll try really hard, but she is practicing non-attachment. But she's also not letting other people's deaths weigh on her conscience if she doesn't have to. And she's mm. and so she's not willing to kill to escape.
0: So you think that her entire final trial with Rex and all the clones was like forging her in fire in the Jedi Code?
1: I think it actually created a new code for her.
0: Ooh.
1: Of something where she is practicing sort of a, a non-attachment from everything and a non-attachment from like duty because she's scarred by duty. She has she has performed a duty which was traumatic to her, which was capturing Maul and going and seeing all of her old bosses mm-hmm. and they're like Yeah, cool, you can come back in now. But she never wanted that. Mm -hmm. And then she realized that it's all corrupt all the way down.
0: It's a totally corrupt clubhouse and she doesn't walk back in.
1: And then when she feels the crowning of Darth Vader, as everyone else does, Mm -hmm. every other Force user, and then Order 66 goes off... And Maul is like, oh, that's how he did it. And she's like, all right, what happened? And Maul's like, oh, he used the clones. Sidious used the clones against you guys.
0: Well, here's something interesting. In Revenge of the Sith, we do see Plo Koon and Aayla Sakura mm-hmm. and ki Mundi. We see a ton of renowned Force users. And none of them are staggering the way that Yoda and Ahsoka are staggering, right? I that's was true. almost thinking it seems like Ahsoka is maturing into her force powers like we've never seen her before because she and Yoda alone are the ones who feel Anakin becoming Darth Vader.
1: Or it's a matter of personal connection because the other people who feel that are Padme Mm -hmm. and Maul.
0: Oh.
1: And Maul has never met Anakin other than a few fights, but Maul has met Sidious. And so Sidious's oh. ascendancy, his unlimited power.
0: Unlimited
1: power. Is what Maul is feeling. And then Anakin dying is what Ahsoka is feeling. And Holy Darth Vader boy. being risen. Yeah. Wow. So that's what that's what they feel. And and then the other bit is that maybe, you know. When Order 66 happened, which was 30 seconds, two seconds later after that, like in in Revenge of the Sith, uh, Arise, Lord Vader, uh, execute Order 66, like within the same conversation. So who do we see? We see um, Stacey Ali riding a speeder bike, which requires like 100% of your concentration. We see Plo Koon piloting his fighter. And that requires his concentration. He's in battle. He's probably feeling clones die around him. But
0: Ahsoka and Yoda are kind of like deep in meditation in that moment.
1: They are because Yoda is watching over a battle and he has shown himself in Attack of the Clones to be like a capable battle commander. He can look at the whole big picture. And Ahsoka is in a moment of profound meditation as she sits there watching the, you know, the hyperspace in front of her. And I wonder if part of the war, part of Palpatine's war effort had been to be like, hey, I need to make sure that, like, I have an excuse for everyone to be at war simultaneously so they're distracted.
0: Like, I need to keep all of the Jedi in motion all the time.
1: But... Ahsoka is out from under his thumb because she is, according to rules lawyer Rex, not a Jedi. and hasn't been one for some time.
0: I felt so completely validated when Rex used that argument because it was a million years ago that I was thinking to myself... Wow, I wonder if Ahsoka would be exempt from Order 66 because she's not a Jedi anymore. That was
1: less than a week ago, but yeah.
0: It feels like a million years after watching this freaking arc, Sam. (laughs) This arc aged me. (laughs) This arc is hanging on my shoulders like an albatross.
1: It is a really, really tough one to watch. It is incredibly beautiful and it brings the entire Clone Wars to its coda. And then it ends on these dark notes of Darth Frickin' Vader. The same as Revenge of the Sith. Here's Darth Vader, who is now we don't know Darth Vader's motivations because he's very taciturn and the facial expressions are really difficult to read. So he is. Moving through, he picks up the lightsaber, he turns it on and turns away. What and that's is, it. And that's it. And what is what is Darth Vader thinking in that moment? What is his relationship with former Padawan Ahsoka Tano that he assumes died here?
0: Ooh. You think that Darth Vader thinks Ahsoka's dead?
1: Yeah. Ah. I mean, so he's got his troopers. He's like, okay, last known coordinates of the tribunal is it smashed into this planet. And now that I've like, you know, got some downtime, I'm going to take a few of the boys down and we're going to excavate it. And they come across a bunch of clones and they come across Ahsoka's lightsabers.
0: Wow.
1: And they might be thinking, so this is how she died in Order 66, like all the rest.
0: Sam, we were walking around the neighborhood earlier today talking about this arc Mm -hmm. and how it's a tragedy.
1: Definitely. This
0: arc is a tragedy. There are no happy endings here. We don't even know where Ahsoka and Rex go.
1: They do have a Y-wing painted in a beautiful blue scheme.
0: (laughs) We do know where Anakin ends up. We know he's in a world of hurt. Now I'm thinking that... He believes his secret wife is dead, his child or children are dead, that his Padawan is dead, mm-hmm. that his friend Kenobi is off in parts unknown, right? And so what I said to you on our walk earlier was there's a reason humans have appetites for tragedies. Yeah. Like Shakespeare's tragedies brought the house down. Mm -hmm. The Titanic is every teenage girl's favorite movie. (laughs) Like we love tragedies and it seems so counterintuitive because they're so painful. But the key point to a tragedy is that there's a catharsis. Mm -hmm. Tragedies make us remember... What it feels like to care for someone so much that when they hurt, we hurt too. Yeah. And so for me, the message of this arc of this this deep tragedy and this really painful ending was like, hold your loved ones close.
1: And... Always be aware that you are you might be having the last conversation with someone. So that, send the word.
0: That's what I wrote down. I wrote, it reminded me to say I love you in every conversation. Mm-hmm. And it would love because you don't know if it might be the last thing you say to someone. Ahsoka certainly didn't.
1: Before that person decides to burn down a Jedi temple and kill all the younglings. And yeah. Their out and become the evil.
0: And one. then your friend dies. And now there's just some some yeah. helmeted, suited... Pain pain, creature, pain creature yeah. in their place. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This arc, when it came out, it brought everyone, everyone who's a fan of the Clone Wars, just completely down. Because it is so brutal to relive the sense of Order 66 mm. after having watched everyone... Like after having learned to love clones, mm-hmm.
0: if you imagine
1: them from the point of view, like we just did the movies, right? So we it's been a while since we watched the first half of this arc. We watched episode one, two, and three, and in two and three we see clones, and it's, they're they're clones. Oh, they're, they're amazing! Bros.
0: They're perfect.
1: But in the movies, they don't do anything they might they might just have those those programmed things but in order to make a seven series and a movie out of it you have to give them some personality and over the last seven seasons of the clone wars we have seen them grow so much in personality that it is unthinkable how order 66 must have affected them and now we see it
0: yeah I think it would have been too grimdark if Ahsoka hadn't been able to deprogram Rex. Yeah. And I think it was Dave Filoni's way of saving seven seasons of clones. Mm -hmm. Because in Revenge of the Sith, there are no inhibitor chips. The clones turning on the Jedi almost seems willful and malicious. Mm Mm-hmm. And then what we see in the clone wars with the fives when his inhibitor chip malfunctions is that he almost goes out of his mind, right? It yeah. overrides his entire personality. But Ahsoka being able to deprogram Rex saves the clones from the fallibility mm-hmm. of willfully destroying these Jedi, right? Yeah. And Rex kind of saying that he had no control over his actions. Saves the clones that we've known and loved for seven seasons. Yeah. because Anything else would have been too much of a betrayal. I don't think the fan base could have handled it. I certainly could not.
1: And it's interesting that the bad guy in this arc is Jesse, who's using the yeah. 330 seconds to block him. Jesse, who had had his mind completely ravaged by Maul in the first half of this arc. But going back to when we first get to know him on Umbara.
0: I think we actually meet Jesse at the Battle of Saleucami. We
1: do. Like season
0: two. Yeah,
1: when he's like one of the very first named clones other than the rookies. Yeah, and I think it's the
0: deserter arc, right? It
1: is. But we get to know him during the Umbaran arc. Yeah. And in that arc, he is the one who is saying we are more than clones. We are more than mindless killing machines. We need to listen to Fives, and like he's he's one who's deeply pushing back at Rex for blindly following Pong Krell's orders.
0: Oh no! And then he
1: is completely overwhelmed by Order sixty six, and somehow Rex is able to overcome this thing, which took every other clone.
0: It is pretty astonishing to see the force of Rex's will.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's been talked about multiple times that Rex is a person of singular will. And we've seen him do that. Like, his role has always been basically from the get-go. It's like, all right, this is a good one. We're going to rank him up. We're going to give him the cool ARC Trooper armor and then put him behind Anakin freaking Skywalker. (laughs) And then, sure enough, Rex proceeds to be at the goriest, tightest, toughest fighting of the entire War. And we've seen every, every single little thing in this is actually like a carry, a continuation of some previous arcs in the, um, the landing at Point Rain which is the second battle of Geonosis, Mm -hmm. there's another funny scene where Ahsoka and Anakin non-consensually fling Rex, (laughs) like at the end of this one, when Ahsoka flings Rex onto the Y-Wing.
0: Oh, yeah. And there's
1: also echoes of the next episode after that, the Brain Invaders arc.
0: (gasps) Oh, no. Because
1: there is Ahsoka trapped in hyperspace on a ship. With a bunch of mindless
0: clones trying to destroy her. Oh my God. I think there is something so clever in this arc, which is that when Rex snaps under order 66 and he gathers up all of the clones to kill Ahsoka, he slides his helmet on Mm -hmm. before he gives them the orders to kill her. And I think that's the key to understanding the change in the clones. Yes. When Rex gets order 66, his helmet falls from his hand Mm -hmm. and he warns Ahsoka to stay back and he gives her a fighting chance But before he carries out the order, he puts his helmet back on. You can't see his face anymore. You can't see any of the clones' faces. We
1: don't see any clone faces while they're under the effects of Order 66.
0: Because they're not individuals anymore. They're just cogs in the machine, brainwashed and following orders. Yep, yep. And they do this thing that I think is so smart, but it, it breaks my heart, which is that they're wearing their special helmets painted for Ahsoka and they're hunting her down. Yeah. And they stop calling her by her name. They call her Target 1. They do. And, and Maul is Target 2.
1: Yeah, they really have to reprogram themselves because even uh in the D-Squad arc, like all those droids were pulled from like various Jedi and commanders, and the pit droid belonged to some clone, right? And the clones seem to have, like, a, generally a soft spot for their droids as well. And they assassinate the droids. They gun them down. They
0: say, get rid of these dirty droids. Yeah. It's honestly one of the hardest bits to watch
1: in this whole arc. Because the droids are trying so... The, the droids are so funny. Ahsoka is, like, she escapes through the ceiling and she goes to the little droid hut. And she turns on her droid. R7. R7, who we've seen before in um a few arcs. And... Uh, and r7 like turns on is like wait excuse me what I'm just Literally, getting updates
0: what is happening wakes up clones? with an inbox with
1: 500 messages that's <laughs> what that's what happens to those those poor droids and she's like
0: I don't know what's going on with the clones I'm sorry you need to help me please and then
1: she gets together like three droids they're like we will help you we will have fun and they they're astromech droids they're like are they're you incredible are you off to cause mischief because we like mischief and we she's like,
0: like mischief so much <laughs> We would like to do mischief for you they, so hard. And they
1: do. They heroically do mischief. They're the so heart. great. They
0: lock Ahsoka and Rex in together. They mm-hmm. heroically keep the med bay closed so that Ahsoka can get the inhibitor chip out of Rex.
1: It's a real dream team. Ahsoka plus Rex plus three like droids. Oh my god.
0: Give me that limited series. <laughs> please. Yeah.
1: That was fun. That was yeah, fun. This
0: was a swan song for mischievous astromech droids. They're so great.
1: There's so many interesting things uh, regarding rebels in this as well. I know I said that the, at the very beginning, mm. but this is the first time we see Ursa Wren's face at the very beginning. She's one of Bo-Katan's lieutenant. Is
0: she the gal with kind of the dark hair and yep. the slightly gray streaks? Yeah. Okay. She looks like tough business.
1: She's tough business. We see her. We see Gar Saxon getting arrested. So we know that he lives. We see Maul and Ahsoka escape, Rex escape. And we see how Ahsoka has gotten rid of those blue lightsabers because blue isn't her. Mm. And all of these things are moved so far forward. But something I'm so struck by in this watch order is that everyone assumes everyone else is dead.
0: Oh my god, yeah. (sighs) Anakin believes that his children are dead.
1: And Padme, who is dead. Who who is dead. and Rip. Yeah, believes that Ahsoka is dead.
0: Kenobi believes that Anakin is dead.
1: Yeah, and probably...
0: Probably Ahsoka, too.
1: Probably Ahsoka, probably just about every other Jedi except for Yoda. Wow. Yeah, and there's just really... It's so dark. Coming from like what Order 66 meant, because in the original trilogy, it wasn't like all of the Jedi... It, it, it was mostly just that, like, maybe all the Jedi had died in the war because it was a particularly brutal war. It wasn't like the Jedi were specifically hunted down so much. It said that on, on the original Death Star, but it didn't seem like it was something so vicious yeah. as Order 66. And I think with the removal of time, the emotional whiplash of that is really brutal. And it sets a, a more interesting tone for Force users around the galaxy.
0: Yeah, I remember you saying that Revenge of the Sith was meant to get everyone in place for Mm -hmm. A New Hope. And I think the Clone Wars, of course, was doing the same thing. The tragedy is just that it spins all of our favorite characters off in different directions into the dark. Yeah. And they don't know what's happening with anybody else. They think they're alone.
1: Especially because now the galaxy is covered by this dark curtain of empire and there's so little information and there's no way for people to communicate with each other anymore because it's not like you can, you know, put up a classified ad saying, are you an ex-Jedi? We're getting together to see who's still alive. It's like, yeah, that's a trap.
0: Someone's Which, trying to kill you. We literally see that in Star Wars Visions and it is indeed a trap for everybody.
1: That's a very funny episode <laughs> of Star Wars Visions. That's the um, like ninth Jedi one. That yeah, it's that the Saber fun. Smith
0: one one it is great but yeah it's totally a trap
1: (laughs) yeah yeah the setting in place the rest of the pieces because now we have reached the end of the prequel era yeah and now now we move into the bad batch and what's happening in the very short hereafter of the clone wars and the rise of the empire but now it's a completely different galaxy than it was a month Before. Two weeks before.
0: Two days before. Yeah.
1: Everything changed so rapidly. And I know that Lucas wanted to show, I mean, because there's such heavy notes of this is how the rise of fascism is. Mm. In that friends betray you because they hold a spark for fascism in their heart. They hold a flame in their heart and they'll keep that flame and kill you with it. And how people who are just following orders will keep following orders and kill their friends and allies and and people they've known forever in order to follow orders because that's safer, that's easier. and In a way, that's a more compelling story than an inhibitor chip in my brain made me do it. But watching the conflict of Rex and showing that he was controlled, I think rehabilitates all the clones in a big way
0: it is a more it is a more ultimately redeeming story yeah because there's two ways to look at this story right and one of them is that people will cleave to darkness because it's easier or because mm-hmm. they get something out of it and then the other way to look at it is that people are inherently good and they will grab onto the light side with both hands and you have to rip them away from it until they're hanging on with their fingernails And I like that story. I
1: like that story too. And that's also, I believe, Ahsoka's take. Because her lesson that she learned was these men may die, but I'm not going to be the one to kill them. Wow. And that is empowering because she would have been completely within her rights to self-defense them all to death. But she carefully deflected. Every single saber shot, she didn't kill a single clone this entire time.
0: If that's not rising above and living a higher code, right? Yeah. Every single clone on that cruiser was trying to kill her. Yeah. And she's getting so tired. The shots are getting through. She's getting tagged by blaster bolts. She's singed all over, right? She's
1: panting. She's exhausted.
0: And she refuses to take the low road. I mean- I got to a point watching Ahsoka defend herself and Rex. Like that image of Ahsoka standing in front of Rex is laser printed on my brain. And I was just thinking, it is a privilege to have a character like Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. It is a privilege to watch her. It's a privilege to know her.
1: Yeah. And the fight scene, the running battle... Of Ahsoka and Rex rotating around each other, him standing over her with his twin blasters and Ahsoka deflecting every single shot as they run through this Star Destroyer being shot at. Phenomenal. So cool. It's, it, it's, perfect. it's
0: it's perfect. It's it's so beautiful.
1: And it shows like a tighter thing. It shows perhaps the relationship that a soldier and a Jedi could have when it's not a war when it's them against the world and that's the kind of thing that like Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan were doing they're like oh it's just us against this army I guess we'll just fight them and we'll be fine yeah in a way Rex has ascended himself with Ahsoka to be at the level of heroism of a Jedi
0: wow
1: because he's willing to kill but he's also willing to not kill
0: and to defend.
1: And to defend. And granted, a lot of clones, I mean, all the clones eventually die. But as far as direct damage, I think the droids probably got the most kills.
0: Maybe. They dropped
1: those floors like 100 feet in one second. A lot of clones broke a lot of stuff when that happened. Oh, my God.
0: On that note, I feel like I know where we're going.
1: Yeah? All right.
0: Is it time for Baywatch? Yeah. It's time for Baywatch. 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 I feel like I just gave you my bay.
1: Is it Ahsoka?
0: It's Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. It's Ahsoka Tano because I have been walking around all day thinking that Ahsoka might be one of the strongest female characters I've ever come across. Wow. And I feel like, and I'm sorry, I cannot talk about this without crying. I feel like it is a privilege to be in a world where this kind of character exists.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: She is so good and she is so strong. She is ferocious and gentle at the same time. And she is thoughtful and reflective about her place in the world and people kept trying to make her into a weapon Mm -hmm. and she's finally not letting them anymore.
1: Oh, that is it, isn't
0: it? It's one thing to be a strong female warrior and then it's another thing to say, yeah, I could do this, but I'm not going to.
1: She's going to take her own path. And it involves going up against the fiercest forces that the galaxy can throw at her, defeating them, Mm -hmm. but not with malice, not with hate, and generally without killing them.
0: Yeah. She is just absolutely the ideal of everything that I could ever hope to be. And I'm just proud to have seen her journey. I think she's incredible.
1: Wow. There are
0: tears running down my face. Because I am really glad that she exists.
1: Wow. I want
0: who's your bae? Well,
1: I wanted to make it R seven. <laughs>
0: yeah. Great choice.
1: Right. It's kind of it's kind of the uh the droid squad because they they are just let's do this. Like I download the latest updates, I know where everything is, I'm gonna hack things through, but it is definitely Ahsoka. Yeah. Because she transcends what she was set up to be and Ooh. she is given not even a mission she she volunteers to help Bo-Katan Bo-Katan's like hey I need someone capable of inflicting violence and Ahsoka's like yeah all right I'm here I'm your Huckleberry and she goes in she does all these things she, this whole season she's been growing and growing and then when it finally comes time for her To take the massive step of, like, are you going to become this galaxy-shattering force for good or evil? Mm -hmm. She takes the same steps not that Anakin did, but the one that Kenobi did. Which is to recognize when her opponents have been defeated and let them go. When she lets Maul go. And when she defends Rex to death.
0: Yeah. And she would have done it for anybody.
1: She would have done it for anybody she could have. She would have saved everyone if she could have.
0: Yeah. If she'd had the time, she would have gotten every single clone into that medical bay, and she would have ripped the inhibitor chips out Mm -hmm. with her own pure force of will.
1: And this whole arc, she has manually deorbited herself about twice, which is twice too many. (laughs) There's too many times to be jumping out of a burning spaceship. So it's pretty impressive what she's been up to.
0: You know, what I think is amazing is that because we didn't talk about Bo-Katan at all in this episode, but there's a a teeny beautiful interaction between Ahsoka and Bo-Katan where they grip each other's forearms Mm -hmm. and they wish each other well. And there's been this beautiful sisterhood between them. Mm -hmm. They really seem like they like each other and they respect each other. But Bo-Katan says, I wish I was good at something other than war. And I think Ahsoka is good at something other than war. Yeah. She's good at peace, too.
1: She is. And I think that's perhaps the cry for help that Bo-Katan is saying to her. Yeah. In that she's kind of wishing that Ahsoka would stay to advise her or if she had some of Ahsoka's strength. Yeah. Because Bo Katan is ready to go through this and be like, I'll I'll kill whoever you put in front of She's me. She's
0: gonna muscle her way through this entire planet wide revolution. She's like, I've
1: beaten six men to death today.
0: <laughs> with my knuckles. With my
1: robo knuckles. <laughs> and I'll do it I'll do it again if my waffles are late. But <laughs> but I wish I was good at something other than war. Yeah. And that is um that is such an interesting thing because historically that's something that so many like generals have said, or so many like soldiers have thought like like, I
0: was great at killing, but I'm not so great at living.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or even the, um, we won the war, but lost the peace. I think that's what she's worried about because she also references her sister Satine.
0: That's where I think it's so beautiful that you say that Ahsoka and Rex have transcended. Yeah. That's what it feels like. They literally wrote and figuratively too, rose above their circumstances to something higher.
1: And we have to give a special shout out to Rex for being able to hold back from the effects of Order 66 long enough for R7 to zap him in the butt.
0: (laughs) Which R7 does with aplomb. I know,
1: I can't imagine that R7, because it's, it's very funny. R7's like displaying the holo message. And then Rex is like, where are you? And Ahsoka's like, right here. And she's standing there. And Rex is like ready to shoot her. And then R7's like, you kicked me
0: once. (laughs) 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 Straight to the butt. Unlimited power. (laughs) Oh, to be an astromech droid, zapping people in the butt. Because Rex is out for like five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good zap.
1: (laughs) He's just like, R7's like, I might die today. So I'm just going to deplete the whole battery on your ass. for R7. For real.
0: Amazing.
1: This wraps up the Clone Wars, and it doesn't quite wrap up the prequel era. We've got two more special treats for you. We're going to do two episodes for Tales of the Jedi, which just came out, so they weren't in our original schedule, but they are now, and they do fit nicely.
0: As a special shout-out yesterday, we were so thrilled to be special guests on the podcast of our friends from Funny Science Fiction Popcast. We were on to talk about Tales of the Jedi, which we will talk about on this show, Growing Up Skywalker, next week. So please go check out their show on YouTube, Facebook. You can get it on every major podcast platform, and that's Funny Science Fiction Popcast. Mm-hmm. And if you want more Skywalker, this is a great time to become one of our patrons. We have monthly memberships starting at just three dollars a month, and we release bonus audio content every Thursday. And we're also on social media, so join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. As long as Twitter survives,
1: it's that's the that's the news right now. The is clock Twitter is alive? ticking.
0: <laughs> as long as Twitter's alive, you can find us on Twitter. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! <laughs>
1: And send this episode to someone who has transcended what they perhaps were meant to become or what they could have become to become something more.
0: Wow. And then tell us who they are because I want to meet them.
1: Yeah. And tell them that they're freaking awesome.
0: Love it. And we'll see you next Tuesday.
1: Bye-bye.